0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Film Nerds Podcast. Today we are very pleased and honored to have with us Mr. Christopher Confessori, the uh, resident conductor for the Alabama Symphony Orchestra. And the reason that Mr. Confessori is with us today is that we're here to talk about a special event that the Alabama Symphony Orchestra has put together uh, for later this month, September 23rd. We'll give you the details later, but... uh, this, this event, I, I think, is going to be of particular interest to all of our fans here at Film Nerds, uh, and that's because it deals with one of our favorite filmmakers that we've talked about a lot here on the podcast, the great Charlie Chaplin. Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us, Chris. And to start us off, I guess, could you tell us a little bit about what this event is and what we'll be seeing and hearing there?
1: Sure. Thank you for uh, inviting me, Matt. It's a pleasure to uh, get to chat with you and uh... all the folks on your website Um on september twenty-third the alabama symphony orchestra is going to give a performance where uh... we will show the the film uh... city lights of charlie chaplin and while the film is shown the orchestra will uh... play the original score that chaplin wrote to go along uh... with the film and as you guys all know the you know this was a film that uh, uh, was made even after the silent era you know, was over and talkies had begun, but it's still a silent film with just a few sound effects uh, on, the, uh, on the soundtrack, and those will be included coming from the actual soundtrack, but everything else musically related will be produced live by the Alabama Symphony Orchestra.
0: Well, I, I would definitely want to get into it and ask you some of your thoughts on the the specifics of the score and the film itself. But before we do that, I, I'd like to know kind of how uh, this idea came about and and why specifically, I guess, was City Lights chosen as the film to do uh, to do this with? This is, I mean, this is definitely a, a unique sort of experience for for a lot of film fans in town to get to see a film with the score played live. But could you kind of take us through, I guess? When when this idea came about, and again, what what, what made the, the what made City Lights the choice that you guys went with?
1: Sure. Well, um, you know, over the past few years, uh, more and more orchestras around the country have been doing this sort of thing. Film companies, companies and you know the licensing agents have all worked together um, to make these miracle uh, materials, both the uh, the film print itself as well as the the orchestra parts available and uh you know set up a system to where you can you know make it happen logistically and last year uh the alabama symphony did i think three different programs where we had a film showing while the orchestra played uh, the score live we did a, a performance of battleship Potemkin with a uh, a score that was just pieced together in the 1970s of uh, symphonic excerpts uh, by Dmitri Shostakovich, and then in December on a family concert, we uh, showed the children's film uh, The Snowman and played the original score that went along uh, with that, and then the uh, uh, the biggest success uh, of these projects, I think last year, was back in April, uh, we gave a performance of The Wizard of Oz, um, showed the film and played the score along, and that was a big challenge, uh, but a lot of fun and a uh, great experience, and I have to tell you, I had some of those Munchkin songs running through my head for <laughs> weeks and weeks after after the project. It was, uh, it was one that really, really stayed with me, and um, I think this will be the same way. You know, we... Um, we we wanted to tie into the to the sidewalk film festival uh, that is taking place this same weekend. Our performance is a Thursday night, and then I believe you know Friday through Sunday is the film festival. And we figured we could go either with something very esoteric or something that was a true classic. And once we looked at the options that were available as far as true classics. Um, you know, the the company that represents all of the Chaplin films has done a great job of, of uh, you know, restoring prints and making, as I said, making these materials available. The orchestra parts have been computer engraved, so they're really easy for the musicians uh, and for for me to read and, and prepare. And so then all we had to do was narrow it down to which, uh, which Chaplin film, and this one... I mean, I, I know you guys have had plenty of discussions as to the merits of all of his films, but uh, uh, for someone who may not have achieved the absolute status of film nerd yet, <laughs> um, you know, City Lights is one that, you know, when you read biographies, a lot of people say, well, this is widely regarded as his best film or one of his best. And certainly with the original score and just just such a beautiful film and and the way the music really told the story, for me, it was the most obvious choice. Our executive director, uh, Kurt Long, worked for many years with the Dayton Philharmonic and um, uh, his orchestra had done this project there and it was a great success. So he said, yeah, let's go ahead and do City Lights. And uh, we uh, received the materials just maybe a, a week, week and a half ago. So I've been you know learning the score and following along with the film and uh looking forward to bringing it all together.
0: Well, I I'd love to actually talk about the score itself for a minute and and get your take on a few things. You know, I I'm very much a a layperson here when it comes to to classical music and really even the 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 more technical aspects of film score music, but uh, you know, I'd be interested to hear what you think, just, just, you know, now that you've had a chance to look through it a little bit and get more familiar with it, what what do you feel like, you know, as a conductor, what do you feel like are some of the immediate influences in the music that you can pick out? Because obviously Chaplin was, uh, you know, he, he had been composing music for his films for for, I guess, a pretty good while when he wrote City Lights, but... Uh, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the the nature of the of the music itself and if you can see any kind of direct influences from any other sources
1: well um, you know it's uh, certainly the the emotions of the music you know parallel the emotions of uh, of the film and there as you know are many uh, in this film i mean it's it's certainly a comedy, but it's definitely a romantic comedy, a very nostalgic uh, at times. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, for the, uh, this is 1931, I think. So, you know, and he worked on it for uh, for a good while. So even if he's conceiving it, you know, late 20s, 1930, whatever, um, you know, much of the music has the the flavor of popular music or, uh, you know, dance hall music of that era, but also in some of the more dramatic scenes, you know, it takes on a little bit more serious tone, maybe almost an operatic tone. And it's it's interesting when you do a project like this. You know, you're working with music that other people have already sheet music that other people have already performed from, right? Because we can't buy this music; it come we rent it from the from the publishing house just right. for a set period of time. So it's always interesting to see the pencil marks that other conductors, other performers have put into the music. And in that very famous final scene, you know, where where uh, the flower girl sees him for the first time. Uh, and at the end, as the music swells, uh, you know, one of the previous performers has written Puccini, in big letters, uh, across, uh, the last, last, uh, page or so. And, uh, you know, it's, it takes on, the music certainly takes on a little more dramatic quality there at the end, but, you know, they're, they're like, like most film scores, there are collection of themes or melodies that are, are treated in different ways for different situations. You know, there's a, Romantic sort of tango theme, and, and, you know, there's, there's sort of a a very fast paced scene that's used both, or theme that's used both in the, the sequence when the millionaire, you know, goes out driving when he really should have a designated driver, (laughs) and, uh, and the same music is used in the boxing sequence, you know, where it's very, very fast, uh, fast music and just, you know, has that, you know, that sort of, not maybe chase music scene, but it just you know it just has that period sort of action uh, sound. But to me, it's so remarkable. I mean, I've always loved film music. To me, you know, being a, a child of the uh, Star Wars era, you know, the the that film music is what really drew me to the orchestra in the first place. But it's so remarkable to think that this man. Uh, you know, conceived. Uh, you know, the the story, directed, produced, acted in it, acted in it, and then on top of everything else, he wrote. You know, all the music for it. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's just remarkable. Even even the great opera composers didn't do that. They weren't out there, you know, singing and <laughs> doing <laughs> right. All that. Right. So it. Uh, you know, when you think about it in those terms, I mean. Uh, it's just, um, I mean, he's, you know, you don't. I mean, genius is a term that that gets thrown around a lot, but it's, you know, very valid valid uh, uh, label for uh, for Mr. Chaplin. I mean, it's just an unbelievable achievement, and uh, it's really going to be a lot of fun to put it together.
0: Well, I think, and and I may I may have to go back and correct myself here, but I think Orson Welles actually was uh, famously quoted as saying that that Chaplin was the only true genius from uh, the medium of of film. So it's that you wouldn't be the first that that is, uh-huh. <laughs> but but uh, you know one of the things that we talked about a lot when when we did our Chaplin uh, podcast series was the the you know as you mentioned he was sort of involved in every single phase of the film and uh from just from looking you know from reading about this score uh b- before our interview here it's it's uh, there are sort of accounts of the, the score you know chaplin actually being very involved in the actual performance uh of the score in and, in and, and the recording of it that was used uh, and played in some of the uh some of the showings of it so i mean he was he was obviously a guy who paid attention to every detail of his work and i guess is there is there any of that that you see in the, in the composition there, that, 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 idea of this guy being, uh, a little bit more careful to, uh, you know, in, in the way that he puts everything together, a little bit more detail oriented. Is, is that something that, that is noticeable, I guess, in the work?
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to tell, you know, since this has, obviously editors have gotten to this, um, you know, people who have restored it from, you know, manuscript parts or whatever. As I say, it's uh, uh, it's on um, it's you know been put through a computer uh, music notation program, so it's not like looking at a manuscript of Mozart or Beethoven or anything like that, unfortunately. And I haven't done a whole lot of research yet on um, you know the process he went through in composing this score, so I don't know. For example, if Not only did he come up with the melodies, but did he actually, you know, write everything, all the accompaniment? Did he orchestrate it, you know, choose which instruments uh, that go along with it? That, I unfortunately don't know all those answers at this point. There are arrangers listed on the score, so I assume he had, uh, you know, assistance, whether it was just putting everything down on paper. I mean, even john williams who certainly has the skills uh to do all of that just because of the uh you know the time schedule they're on he has people that help him orchestrate that you know get the things so that they can get in front of the orchestra in time so it doesn't hold up the production so i don't know to what extent these folks that worked with him you know what their role really was but uh you know there's certainly nobody in that i can think of in hollywood today that had as much involvement in literally every aspect of the production as chaplin did with with these films i mean it's it's remarkable as i said to think i mean even you know james cameron who you think i mean yeah this is his baby but he's not acting in it. He's not writing the music for it. I mean, just on and on and on. So it's uh, it's remarkable and, and it's interesting to to hear how, you know, I, le- I have learned a lot this summer preparing for this project uh, about Chap when I didn't realize that he wasn't under contract with a particular studio. And, you know, the reason for that obviously was so that he could have all this free freedom. And it's amazing to me. So... I'm, I'm uh, very impressed uh, with the score and I guess ultimately as far as you're going back to your question about the attention to detail there's nothing in this music that would lead me to believe that it wasn't done by a first rate film composer it's not just good for an actor you know what I'm, I'm saying? Sure. I mean yeah. it's it just it's the perfect score for this film it really is. It stands up with the, you know, everything that you see, the images that you see. It matches it perfectly, I think.
0: Now that you've had a chance to to do other projects like this, other performances where uh, the, the the audience has the, the score being played live for them in the theater, what do you feel like the impact uh, of that experience is? I mean, does it, obviously you're sort of up there experiencing it a little bit too. How, how do you feel like, it changes the experience of watching the film to have that, to have that extra volume and that extra sort of immediacy of the score being there.
1: Right, I think especially uh, last year the case with the Wizard of Oz, what uh, that experience brought to so many people—not just in the audience, but those of us on stage. You know, this is a film. We've all seen a bazillion times, and there was so much music you felt like you were hearing for the first time, just because of you know recording levels and allowing for dialogue and I think that's the one challenge when you're doing this sort of venture you know with a with a talkie is that there will be sequences where you know the music you're playing is underscoring, and then just you know. You just have to make sure that the audio of the film can still be heard. That obviously won't be a problem uh, in the case of of City Lights. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing in in the Wizard of Oz project was you were just hearing so much music um, that you just didn't hear. Now, of course, there were still sequences where we stopped for a couple of minutes and there was no music and there's only, you know, in city lights, there's a a sequence of, if it's a minute, it's just barely a minute, you know, in that party scene where he swallows the whistle, um, where all the music stops and, you know, it's one of the few actual sound effects in the movie and it's, it's hilarious. And, um, but that's the only break we get in, in just under 90 minutes, uh, of, of this film so it really is you know i made a reference to opera earlier it really is in some ways like playing an opera where you almost never stop playing
0: well great hey before we let you go uh, you mentioned john williams a couple of times tonight i wanted to see if i could get you to give us a couple of your other uh f- you know favorite film score composers of all time and i guess may- maybe a couple of your favorite individual scores too for films
1: Oh, sure. Well, you know, I think um, you know, some of the, the classic uh, Hollywood scores, you know, if you like uh, John Williams scores, then, you know, he with with those scores of the 1970s, he was really paying homage to um, to old Hollywood, and so you know, scores for films like Sunset Boulevard, and And Vertigo, you know all the all the great Hitchcock uh, scores, and one actually that um, you know it's not as quite as famous a Hitchcock film, and certainly the music is not as famous, but um, uh, the Waxman score to Rear Window, I think, is a lot of fun, and we had the opportunity maybe six or seven years ago to do just a concert suite, no film projection, but, you know, just to play a concert suite of maybe 12 minutes worth of music uh, for that, and and that was really a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's uh, very clever music, and again, you know, sort of just uh, patterned after the popular music of the day. Sure. Um, So I think most, uh, most of the scores, uh, that I have enjoyed, uh, you know, have been from films, uh, when I was growing up. So naturally a lot of those, um, were by John Williams, but then, you know, as I've gotten to know more, I've, I've looked back, uh, you know, into the thirties, forties and fifties and, you know, some of the Corn Gold scores like Robin Hood and, uh. And, um, you know, even the um, Elmer Bernstein score to, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. It's really, really beautiful music. And um, as I said, we're, we're fortunate nowadays that um, more and more uh, publishers uh, and, and licensing agencies are making this music available, at least for concert performance and hopefully... Uh, even more opportunities for projects uh, like we have uh, with this uh, Chaplain City Lights where you can you know hear live how the uh, how the music works with the the images on screen.
0: Excellent. Well Chris thank you so much for uh, taking us through this and talking to us about it and uh, it's gonna be a really fun event for especially for for our readers and listeners uh, I, I know you guys are going to be into uh, into an experience like this, a unique experience like this. The the event again, it's on September 23rd. It's at the Alabama Theater, which is a fantastic place to watch a movie. First place I ever saw The Godfather, actually. Oh, really? Of, of note, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, right now the event's scheduled for 8 p.m. And uh, actually, you can you can go to org and purchase tickets there and get updated information, but. Uh, Please go check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. And Chris, thank you so much again for, uh, for joining us for this.
1: My pleasure, Matt. Thank you.
0: Thanks.